recording two weeks in a row for the first time in like a million years. <laughs> I'm, go- I'm gonna be spoiling next week's thing though. I'm sorry. Why? I, w- I won't be about. Oh, I oh, swear down. Yeah. When you said spoiling, I was like, what prophecy? You <laughs> <laughs> gonna spoil it? Mm, cool. All right, let's get into it. Um, did you guys see that interview with Kanye West and Donald Trump? Do you know what? I saw the pictures. Um, I saw the picture of his password. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first one that I saw, and again, this leans back into the conversation that me and Peter had about how you can't take what you see online seriously unless you've done your research. Mm. So the first one that I saw, he typed in his um, password and the unlock screen was Pornhub. And it was <laughs> <laughs> it was Ray J and Kim K. <laughs> oh, Oh man! <laughs> I was like, "Raw, whoa, what is this?" <laughs> for those that don't know, uh, that's how his wife became famous, is it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, for a um, a leaked sex tape. No, it wasn't leaked. Oh, it was on purpose. They, they did it on purpose. Out. All right. So for a exposed sex tape that uh, it's published, it was, it was published. Oh, a published. published. Yeah, I guess that's the better word. Um, sex tape that his I've said sex tape more times in this episode <laughs> than I've ever said on the podcast before so it's like yeah. yeah I didn't even know that it was Kanye I just I just saw the tap 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 Ray J I was like raw what <laughs> and then I yes then I heard the thing afterwards and um, I found it interesting oh the interview yeah, yeah, yeah. just just uh, yeah we'll get into it it's cool oh, well, well I, I wasn't going to actually talk about the interview but if if, if you want to we can start to talking about it for a bit you know, I just found it interesting that, um, when Kanye went to go hug Trump and it was like oh, I love you man and he got up and hugged him there was a um, someone put up uh, another video up and it was like oh that looked like this and there was a slave master and one of the slaves went up to go <laughs> hug him I like, took off his hat and hugged him wasn't it a movie I think it was a movie I think it might have been a movie yeah there was a it movie, movie and it was uh L. Jackson and uh, DiCaprio. Potentially. Oh, one of the pictures, yeah. As and well. it was yeah. just like, I was like, well, damn. Would that have been Django then? I think it was Django. No, this, this one was black and white. It was like proper old. The oh, clip okay. was like black the, and white. The, the old. picture I saw, I think was, I think it was Django. I'm not mm. sure, but it was, yeah. I was just like, well, damn. Yeah. Mm. So with that interview, I didn't actually watch all of it. I didn't, I just saw the clip. And I, I haven't watched any of yeah. it, yeah. And to be honest, I'm not planning to watch it. <laughs> but then I thought it was interesting how... Kanye was the one that, that was being given this opportunity to go and speak to the president, and it's as opposed to yeah. as opposed to any sensible person, any any other sensible person who could like make actual good points. Mm. Cause, cause, like you know how Kanye likes to ramble about nothing in particular. Yeah. So I thought it'd be interesting to um, um to talk about like for us personally, like what makes a what makes you decide that someone is worth listening to to you this <laughs> 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 oh, is gonna get political this is gonna get hella political because i think i'm just thinking of who listens to this podcast <laughs> i'm thinking i'm thinking about peter's stance because like peter challenged me um from the perspective of like peter's one that like however much he has to reach he will try like glean some sort of wisdom from anything. Like, someone could have just got slapped 
<laughs> You'd be like, well, damn. That shows me to keep my guard up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, that's just how he is. And it's challenged me in a sense of not shutting people down um, too quickly. I know. I feel like there are some people that, that just need to be shut oh, down. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> straight like, away. I'm, I'm rather like, if you're not talking sense in the first 30 seconds, I'm shutting you down. Like, I'm yeah. just switching off. I think that's fair. And I'm, so it's like, I, I listened, I was listening to a Joe Austin thing, yeah. For 30 seconds, switch the channel. Not on it. You guys, man. You guys are too harsh. <laughs> Quickly, just on the Kanye thing. <laughs> no, nah, because there was something I was thinking about, like the whole outrage to initially it was his whole antics beforehand mm-hmm. and then um he went to move to chicago and everyone's like yeah he's doing whatever whatever and then this came out and everyone now all of a sudden is like cancelled uh canyon's cancelled whatever and i just think that whole thing goes to my point of disappointment it not being a function of a person's failure but a function of um a person's expectation mm. and if we if people hadn't put Kanye West on this pedestal, then his antics wouldn't necessarily be. It wouldn't. It would be any other person that works at Fox News that um any other black person that works at Fox News that endorses Trump and his antics. Yeah. But it's because of the expectation that they have of him that his his behavior is so disappointing. No, but I'd, I'd counter that by saying that I think that Kanye has earned the expectations people have for him. Well, has he? Because now what people are saying is like, um, who was saying it? Was it, uh, I think it was a breakfast club. Someone, someone was saying, oh yeah, no, Kanye's never said anything sensible. No, that's not true. And they've like gone all the way back and it's like, no, they were making some valid points about the songs that he writes. Most of the conscious stuff apparently were written by someone called Rhymefest or something. Like one, a ghostwriter or a producer or whatever. And that Kanye himself had never actually said anything or done anything and he's always wanted to be um white famous or whatever like just all of a sudden going back and i don't know i've never liked kanye never cared for Mm. it um but you know i just think it's because of the pedestal that people put him on that his behavior is making Mm. people disappointed i i i would like to counter that as well Mm. um simply because people put you on pedestals that you shape as well and so the content that kanye put out initially anyways from like graduation days and like college dropout and stuff mm. um as as you said was was arguably conscious and was arguably speaking into the black narrative it was uh, it was speaking into um like the death of his grandma um one of the songs on college dropout um death of his grandma like talking about roses the child roses, roses. roses yeah mm. and he was like oh um my grandma's got AIDS, but just because she works with the, she's worked for the church for 15 years, she's just meant to die and just go away. But the guys who've got money are still like living and stuff like that. And we're speaking into a narrative. And like, there was a lot of songs in the album that spoke, that spoke directly into um, the black narrative. Um, one of it was like, um, who who brought crack? And then he qu- quoted, he called out one of the president's name as oh, Ronald Reagan knows the answer. And it's like, yo, like you, you, you started off like this. Mm. You shaped the pedestal that people put you on. It's almost, I can almost link it to Lecrae in a sense of he started off with um, proper like youth group Christian music. Don't waste my life and stuff. 
where he was like, if I stop singing about the gospel exclusively, like take take me out, like God take me out. And now he switched it. But the thing, the thing that I would agree with you is allowing people the room to change. Yeah, that's because that's what I was gonna ask. Yeah. Then is if his contents caused that, you know, does he not have room to evolve or grow? And, and that's or, the thing. It's whether it's for the better or for the worse. It's almost like um, Jahazil. <laughs> Peter's deep sigh, where it's like you so forcefully presented something, <clears throat> making music, putting in work, being on church teams, putting in work, and then. Yes, you're free to do whatever you want to do. And within that freedom, within that liberty, you've now made the decision to totally flip-flop and to do something else. You, you should understand that it is going to have an effect on the people that were listening to your content before or were paying some attention to you mm. because you have shaped the way that they view you. And now you've realized that the pedestal they've placed you on is too high and they've made you something immortal, which you're not. And so in revealing your humanity, people will feel um, shortchanged to a degree. Yeah, well, then the argument remains whose fault really is it? Because I think by, unless you're like, it's only, Robert's the only one that like puts himself on the pedestal of being sexy or whatever. Um, that Those are Mo's <laughs> words, not mine. <laughs> apologize, actually, you're right. You're right. You're very right. I apologize. But what I mean is like, in Kanye doing, you know, mm. uh, the college dropout and stuff like that, again, I've not listened to them. But in him just saying what was his truth in that moment, I don't think he's asking to be put on any pedestal. Yeah, he's not asking. And to. I don't think he's... I, I don't even think people that present an idea are hoping for that idea to frame how people remember them, if that makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. for most art artists, they're just telling their truth at that moment. Mm -hmm. And so you've got Usher singing about Confessions Part 2, whatever, because that's what he was going through. Mm -hmm. I don't think he wanted that to be the entirety of how people remember him. Now they probably remember him for allegations of having herpes. But it's... These are my infections. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in saying <coughs> he shaped the pedestal that people put on mm -hmm. him, I think that's a bit unfair because that it's unfair to ask to to presume that someone putting out what they believe or putting out their truth gives other people license to place them on a pedestal because of that. Okay. And I, I, I I'm realising that my sound wave is not as high as it, that, uh, it should be or can be. But no, it's because my mic wasn't as close to my mouth, so I'm just having to do that. But um, I... Rightly so, I can judge you or I can interact with you based on what you put out. Mm -hmm. Not based on my perceptions of you, but for me to truly have genuine interaction with you, it has to be interaction with you as an individual. Mm -hmm. And when you hit celebrity status, what you put out in terms of content is what people perceive of you. And so people then interact with you based on what you've put out. I don't agree with that. Well, I wouldn't wholly agree with that when I think about people like Eminem who go around talking about beating up women and stuff. I'm sure that's, that's, that's not what he does so <laughs> in his real life. In, in the case of Eminem, in the way that he has shaped his persona, musically anyways, we can tell that he's not serious. Hopefully. 
the way that he shapes his persona in the way that he presents music and he just does his stuff so the difference between 50 um Eminem saying I beat this person up and 50 Cent saying I beat this person up like you won't really take Eminem seriously but you think that 50 Cent actually did it yeah simply because of his persona so again it's the way that you have like projected yourself and if I if I try to interact with you Robert in a way that you haven't projected yourself then you're going to be looking at me like what do you think what do you think this is like, if I'm like, yeah, go shop for me, and you haven't projected yourself in the sense of I'm willing to go to the shop for you, then you'd be like, no, nah, you're taking the mick. I lie? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, and so it's a case of the way in which you present yourself, your persona, and what you're about will shape how people respond to you. Now, unfortunately, as a celebrity, you're placed on a pedestal. Like, you can go Love Island and come back, you're on a pedestal. Like mm. celebrity status is given for stupid reasons. Do you watch? Do you watch Love Island? I don't watch it. Only thing I know about the year of it. No. The only thing I know is about Black Jack. Um, yeah. This is Black Jack. He's a white guy, but he acts <laughs> black. That's why I call Black Jack. Um, it's a cultural appropriation. Don't know. So yeah, it's like you can get celebrity status for anything. But the way you've presented yourself will shape your perception whilst on that celebrity status. Okay. And so that having celebrity status is a pedestal, point blank. So Kanye having celebrity well, status, I guess, he's I guess on a pedestal. that in and of itself is an issue. Is an issue. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it's the culture in which we're in. So like, as a YouTuber, if you're a famous YouTuber, you've got a pedestal now. Mm. So but, yeah, but but is it wrong to have a pedestal? Is in the in the world that we're in, it's becoming more problematic because a pedestal means that your voice is a lot more prominent. And some people have prominent voices, but they don't have any common sense. But then I would counter that by saying, if you have that prominent voice, it's because you've done something for people to want to listen to that voice. Peter's got something that he says, where it's like, <clears throat> everyone's screaming for our attention. So nowadays, it's whoever says the most profound thing or the wildest thing mm. who's, who gets heard. Mm. More often than not, it's the wildest people that are getting hurt. Yeah. So now people are paying attention to you because you're just reckless. <laughs> like you're just talking reckless. Mm. And that then becomes synonymous with your persona. And so it's not particularly that you have something tangible to add to the conversation, but you're just reckless. Like that woman, that white woman who was talking reckless about um, people shouldn't name their children after countries. This time she's got a child called Indiana. India. 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 Wait, who is this? Some white oh, woman. Was, oh, what's her name? Katie something, I believe. Oh, what's her name? It's still on the name right now. Um, is it Katie Holmes? No. Hopkins? Not Hopkins, Hopkins. Yes. Katie Hopkins. Something like that. Yeah, she's like, she's like this newspaper writer. And it's like her, her comments will infuriate you. <laughs> but because of how reckless she speaks, she got so much spot. Attention, yeah, yeah. Mm. And it's them ones where I was like, people are like, if I see her road, I'm punching her up. <laughs> it's as simple as that. But just because of that, she got she got spotlight. And so unfortunately, it's a case of just because, um, arguably, you should be saying the right things and get a pedestal for that. But in a society that we live in, no, it's no, not that's not what gets to the pedestal. Yeah. So long as you have a pedestal, people are listening to your voice, mm. and now you've now got the opportunity to to shape a lot. Even even if it's foolishness, unfortunately. Okay, question then. Mm -hmm. So let's say each of us had a pedestal. 
What would you use your pedestal? How would you use your voice <laughs> in the world? To live as Christ and to die is game, man. No. Um, do you know what? We all do have a pedestal and we all will have a pedestal. Um, as a father, I'm on a pedestal. As a youth minister, I'm on a pedestal. Um, and it, it's a case of what shapes you as an individual will shape the, how you then shape that pedestal. So when using Lecrae as an example again, arguably, when it was very much evangelical doctrine that shaped him, his pedestal was very much, don't waste your life. But now when it's more social issues that shape him, his music has changed. It's still filtered through the gospel, but it's heavily on, on the social side. Mm. And so what you what shapes you personally is what will shape the pedestal that you're on. So for me, I'd like to say my faith shapes me fundamentally. Mm. And so my faith will then shape the pedestal that I'm on. So my faith shapes me as a husband, me as a father, me as a minister. Well, I would hope if you're a minister, you have some faith. But it, it shapes me as those things. Um, so yeah, again, it will be what shapes you personally, I believe. Mm. Robert, what, what would your what would you use your pedestal for? Capture babes. Yes, <laughs> get all the babes. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I use mine to <coughs> to get people to practically live out their faith more. Mm. That's what I'd want to use mine for. Because yeah, it's one thing to just be saying I love the Lord. Mm. I love this Bible verse. <laughs> but if You're you can't right see that. it, you can't see it. if you can't see it in your life, then do you really love the Lord? Do you really love that Bible? <laughs> Fam, I'm reading this book. Yeah, sorry, I, I'm, I'm reading this book. It is so nuts. I won't even drop it as, as the my hookup. I was thinking about it, I won't do it. Where it, it was very much like as, exactly as you said. You can be like, yeah, like we're all one people under God, blah blah blah, and then you step up and you're like, nigger, clean my shoes. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> what? Nah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. That was a tangent, but yeah, we're back. How do you use yours, Peter? I'd probably use mine to say pedestals are not right. Like I would like when I whenever I speak at church. I start out with don't take it because I say it, but mm. take it because you've gone steadied it and it's true, or you steady it and it's not true, and you come tell me about it. But don't just take it for because someone's saying to take mm. it. And I think that's been my big thing with organized uh, Christianity is there's a lot of hero worship mm-hmm. and a lot of like some people taking things and your entire idea of who God is is not necessarily your idea of who God is, it's your idea of what someone else has mm-hmm. said God is. Picarians. Picarians, which is a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. I think it should be a stepping yeah. stone yeah. as opposed to this is my guy the and whatever he says, exactly. Yeah. You know, so whatever he says becomes gospel and it's like, well, you're listening to his gospel as opposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that would be my pedestal. My pedestal would be, look, don't even listen to me. Listen to what you understand God is saying to you through me if he is speaking through me at all. Yeah, and then coming back right around to my initial question. Yeah, because uh, I, I did I did like your your question. Yeah. So yeah. now that we've we've we've, we've established that everyone has a pedestal one way or another, mm. how do you guys go about deciding whose voice it is is worth listening to? <laughs> I think my my answer will be the the more vanilla one, so we can start on <laughs> that. Because like like Mo said, I think I I like to have a white belt me- mentality, and by white belt mentality. The um the illustration is when you go into the gym and you're a white belt, mm. 
mm. everyone there you will listen to them because mm. you don't know anything <laughs> you know you've just stepped in you actually don't know anything so anyone says anything you just soak it up mm. and eventually you learn to filter mm-hmm. through to who you should actually be listening mm. to and i think I, I think it's worth having a white belt mentality with everything however i always i think it's important to buttress that with being informed and so it's worth i think it's worth listening to everyone uh, and listening for the full context <laughs> i know some of us not don't the have first time. 20 seconds so i don't have time for that and and to be fair to be fair i don't do that with everyone there's some people i just i i not i don't dismiss it but i would not go out of my way for it mm. if that makes you sense. you seem very very much a, a dismissive person do i yeah, <laughs> yeah you come across I, I, like that. no i don't i don't i think yes, you do no what, I, is that I, my life? I think i think when it comes to certain things he's very dismissive yes thank you <laughs> so something like um emotions no <laughs> are you talking about emotions are you talking about listening to people yeah <laughs> listening to people's emotions <laughs> there's only one person's emotion you listen to and you're married to her <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, after last week, that's not even. <laughs> How are things going since the conversation, Peter? Again, you're, you're gonna have to ask Anita. Did you leave it? Did Did, did you leave it in the podcast? I did leave it in. Yeah, right. I did leave it in. Yeah. <laughs> did you say? Did you say you loved them when you got home? No, actually. <laughs> I think it was the next day. Man, timed it. Eight forty-five. Um, but so if so, for instance, I think not being dismissive but when it comes to like scriptural stuff or mm-hmm. sermons and stuff like that there are certain people that after years of trial and effort trial and error and um listen to different people certain people that their way of approaching their mm-hmm. way of speaking are things that i click with yeah and therefore i tend to go with them so if you come yeah. and suggest someone else more likely than not if i have the time maybe i'll go and check them out if i don't I don't. There's only so much time in a day. Yeah. You know, if I'm tr- if I'm listening to three hours of these guys, not to say that's enough, but to say maybe I don't have time to go and listen to your guy yeah. that you suggested as well. Yeah, that's so a reality to it. Yeah, in in those in those areas, maybe there's a bit of dismissal. But I think where I'm faced with something, I will listen to the entirety of all of it, try and then let you get to your point. If you don't get to your point, I'll try and. If you don't get to your point, you don't get to your point, and just like you just wasted my time. <laughs> However, I think it's worth that waste of time to know not to listen to this person. If that mm. makes sense, mm. but I, I do appreciate that some people don't have the tolerance for that. Yeah, <laughs> well, um, some people, I mean, more who, <laughs> if in the first thirty seconds you're not theologically mate. sound, just bye. And do you know what? It, it's um, so I, I would I would almost have to categorize them. So if it, if it's theological, if if you're presenting yourself as a theological mind, then I'll give you the thirty seconds. I'll give you, I'll give you like, yo, let's let's see. This is when you make it into that category. You know the ones that get thirty seconds. Let's see what you're saying. I'll, like, I'll give I'll give you like a good Instagram length video. So it's like one minute, minute and a half, potentially two, and then after I'll be like, all right, you're no, nah, I'm just gonna switch off. Mm. Um, so yeah, I th- but I think one thing that has challenged me is Peter's perspective because it's like the reality is even a fool has wisdom. He's got wisdom in foolish things but he's still got wisdom. <laughs> mm, nah, and so right. if you yeah. want to learn about foolish things mm. talk to a fool. Mm. If you, if you want to learn about music talk to a musician. Mm. If you want to learn about karate talk to a karate um, karateka. Mm. And it's it's like 
everyone has got some level of expertise and some level of insight into something. And I feel as though I, one thing that I really enjoy is knowing that my perspective isn't complete. And so listening to other people's perspective can only enhance my perspective, even if enhancing my perspective is telling me not to listen to you anymore. It's enhanced my perspective, mm. no, and so right. I'm very much, I'm very much along the lines of it depends on what, um, what it's around. So one thing that I love doing is hearing about people's lives, hearing about people's experiences, what they've been through, um, how God is shaping them, or how the situation is shaping them. And for that, I'll give you all the time of the day, because it's not, it's not a case of <clears throat> you're talking foolish or you're talking nonsense. No, this is your truth. And so I want to hear it. But when we come to the word now, that's slightly different. Where if you're telling me there's um, Jesus is, is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit physically in one, I'm, I'm like, all right, cool, let's stop right there. Uh, <laughs> you're just on the next thing. Let's let, you know what? I'll be like, let's just stop right there. I'm not trying to listen to you because biblically that's not sound. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so it's like... Anyway, <laughs> Robert's laughing because I sent him a message with that with someone saying it to me. Oh wow! Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm not gonna say he, but yeah, it was a case of I'm, I'm not there for it. I would have the conversation to let you know that you're wrong, but like, yeah. So there's a case of depending on what it is. If it's life experiences, I'll give you all the time of the day. If it's academic or intellectual, and I can see that you're off on a tangent, I'm not gonna pay attention to you. I'm just gonna zone out. Um, honest, so yeah. even with life experiences some people just chat nonsense <laughs> when they tell you about their life I'm not going to lie they do but um, I also see it as it's like if we're circling around the same point over and over again I'll, I'll try to steer it into another direction but I genuinely find people's lives fascinating but, uh, on a tangent before we come to um, Robert's perspective and who he listens to do you not feel like there is worth in especially people with categorically bad doctrine or theologically unsound mm. um, um, ideas do you not find there's worth in listening to them if only to know what the alternative not the alternative but what the wrong idea is so that you are better informed than yeah. you are correcting it so I think there's there's truth in that and I think it, for me it's contextual so mm. if it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation then yes if it's a group conversation no because um my mind isn't on the person speaking, but on the people listening. Okay. So my mind is on, if these people take in what he's saying, they're going to be in error. And so I need to, so it, it will be like a dialogue, but the dialogue will be trying to point out where the errors are. Uh, for not necessarily that he changes, but for the people listening. Mm. And I think whenever I'm in a congregation and the person is talking nonsense, that's my initial frustration is that these people are listening and they're saying amen and stuff and clapping their hands but this guy's theology is fundamentally like in wrong mm. and so my mind turns to them but when i'm talking to the person directly i'm like all right cool let's let's kind of see what you're saying and stuff like that so then my mind goes to how can i help you see what the bible is actually saying and i've, I've realized i've recognized that that's actually somewhat of a wrong position to be in because it's Sounds um it's pretentious. It's me thinking that I've got the right theology, mm. but rather I should be like, no, let's both come together and look at this and see who's right. Mm. I believe I'm right. You believe you're right, but let's see what the Bible says, mm. um, which is a lot more healthy and removes um, pride. Mm. Um, 
So yeah, I, I think I'm getting into the position where I, I can spend more time with people to hear what they're saying. Before I didn't have that because there's a lot of things that I was doing. But I'm getting more into the position where I want to do that. And so I am trying to prioritise spending that time with people to be able to listen to what they're saying. But in a group context, my mind automatically goes to the masses rather than the individual. Mm, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's more about if I can see, if I can understand like your train of thought about how you got to a conclusion, mm. then, 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 then like I listen to you because because I know there there's at least that level of logic to to like the stuff that you're saying, but okay. like like if but if the stuff you're saying doesn't make sense in any way, shape, or form. Mm. There's only so much I can listen to before I get tired. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, let's move on. Mm. And um, and also, I guess knowing the kind of person that you are. Okay. So, if I want to know about things electronic, I will come and speak to Peter because I know Peter has got that background in electronics mm. and getting gadgets and stuff. Mm. If I want to speak to talk about maybe photography, I'll come to like either you or Moses or Jalade because I, cause I know and I've seen mm. your work mm. and I've, I've seen how you talk about it. So like I understand that it's coming from a place of um, practice and and, mm. and, mm. and all of those stuff. Yeah, so it's like, so, so like if I can see the history behind how you got to gain, gain your knowledge, then it makes me more likely to, to listen to you. So like with, with, with someone like Kanye, what what he has to say about politics, I don't care <laughs> because he doesn't have a background in in politics in any way, shape or form. Mm. If I wanted to know about producing, Kanye would be the person I'll go to mm. because I've seen the fruits of his labor and I've seen how he's how he has influenced like a whole generation of, mm. of producers that come after him. Mm. So yeah. I find that interesting. Um, so you almost look at expertise in an area to judge a person's worthiness like what to listen qualifies to you yeah. to yeah. talk to me about yeah. this yeah. thing, which um, I think is fair enough. Which I don't agree with. <laughs> I think it's fair enough. <laughs> I don't agree because it's like, it's like... <laughs> Some people are not qualified to talk on certain matters. <laughs> Obviously, like, like Robert's not qualified to diagnose whatever is going on because you're not, you're not a doctor. Like, you haven't trained, yeah. so you don't have that medical expertise. But it's almost like, in some situations, even like, uh, political... If someone isn't political or doesn't have that exposure, but has lived through something in a sense of um, injustices and stuff, I still see a relevance. But you could almost argue he's got expertise within. Well, that. yeah, I was going to say within yeah. that that then qualifies yeah. him. But so I guess the question is whether or not you know he's gone through yeah. that. Um, yeah, and so, so if like, you're yeah. dismissing based on him not having a qualification that you easily recognize, then you might miss out on information yeah. that he might have. Oh no, so like you, you, I mean, like give them the chance to talk, but then. If it, so what I you're saying is you're more, pa- you're more patient then. Yeah, <laughs> give them a chance. And then like, I think you, you could tell within like two or three sentences whether, <laughs> whether someone... We're still talking 30 talk. seconds. We're still talking 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> so yeah, and I, I think like you... Um, one thing that I've... A common strand or thread in what you say a lot is logic. Yeah. Um, which I want to push on Okay. Simply because, um, in theologically, anyways, or faith-wise, anyways, is, is is a case in which some of the stuff that happens isn't logical. I would counter that by saying, well, <laughs> it's not. It would maybe it's not logical to like a non-believer. Okay, but like knowing who God is, 
Okay. And knowing how okay. how, how God works in yeah. whatever way he wants. Yeah. Then to me, that kind of stuff is illogical because it, it makes logical sense that God can do all of these things. Okay. Within the framework of faith. Yeah. Yes. Then that, then but that, then I'll counter that counter. <laughs> <laughs> this is like table tennis. Because <laughs> I'm liking the counting going on with say in Jesus's time mm-hmm. where when he came and what he was saying wasn't logical to amongst those even of faith if that makes sense like he comes all of a sudden and everything that they understood about faith logically um, he throws under the table yeah. or he throws into the bin I would encounter that <laughs> by saying that unless Jesus comes again that's, 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 that's not fair. something I need to worry about that's fair <laughs> But then I'll counter that. (laughs) (laughs) In the sense of, so I I know where I stand in this, but it's like with people saying the moves of the Holy Spirit and God is still revealing himself in different ways. How would you then um, navigate that? I think that as long as whatever's being said doesn't contradict what's in the Bible, Mm -hmm. then I will give it the benefit of the doubt at least okay I, I think the argument those arguments of dispensations and mm-hmm. all of yeah. that I, I think that's part of the reason why god gave us a solid confined this so far for the human existence is what you need in, mm-hmm. in the bible and so i think as as yeah. robert said yeah. when it falls into that and that's, that's, that's that that was my answer as well it's like if if like you're laughing and you say this of the holy spirit i'm like show me where in the bible <laughs> <laughs> you're drunk hey you're drunk in the spirit Drunk on the spirit, in the spirit, on the spirit. Yeah, bear. <laughs> Context. What what spirit is it? Vodka, <laughs> mate. Eighty percent. So yeah, um, mm. yeah. So look, I, I really wanted to. I'm happy that you you mentioned it makes a logical sense under the eyes of faith. Mm. Um, so yeah, like I really wanted to emphasize that for the listeners, where it's just like it's not just logic for logic sense in the sense of one plus one equals two, mm. but like. Biblically, we know that one plus one plus one still equals one. Trinity. Done. You don't know. So it's like. Um, <laughs> Pete wasn't in the spirit that time. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't in the spirit. <laughs> I was agreeing with you until you both went, you done. <laughs> so it's like um, faith is, is like the economy of faith is something that sometimes can dumbfound human logic and human um, intellect. So yeah, just to kind of draw that out. But then, so my, my other issue with logic was um, <coughs> the fact that your logic is obviously informed by what information you have regarding a certain topic, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, if you're only looking for something to make logical sense to you, and this is not, this is outside of faith, this is like the idea of, uh, I don't know, the idea of the existence of plasma as a state of matter. Whereas you've only been exposed to, so there's apparently four states of matter. We we all learnt up until when I was in God up until JSS secondary school mm-hmm. that it's three states of matter. Yeah. You get to secondary school and someone comes and says, "Oh no, actually there's four. <laughs> there's one more state called plasma." Okay, but where you don't have that information, so you only are, you only have an understanding of the three, and someone comes and they're speaking with an understanding of four, but you don't have that information. Then do you not feel like you miss out? on that person's information because you don't have the information that would then inform your logic to make that logical. Oh, I would say that there are people who have information that prove that the world is flat. (laughs) (laughs) No, they don't. No, they don't. Or they seem to think they have it. (laughs) Their understanding of it's flat is because when they look out, they see something flat. That's their understanding of why the world is flat. And so, yeah, so I think it's very... (laughs) 
you have to be very careful about um when it comes to like high high level science stuff mm. then um i'm probably not, not, not gonna be having that 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 deep conversation about it anyway because that's not <laughs> <laughs> it's something you care about yeah it's not something yeah. i care about it, yeah. it's not something that i have enough that was only the example that I could easily reach yeah. for. But what I mean is like the where example you could easily reach for was plasma. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the sense of like it not making sense. What am I saying? Well, I, 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 hear, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I, hear, I, I, so, I hear what you're saying. saying. And one, one thing I'd like to say in response is that um, to some degree, um, there's a continuum in terms of logical steps. And so if um, if all you know is one plus one, mm. and then someone comes with algebra, that's it outside yeah. of that's outside yeah. of the norm. Mm. But because you understand the principles of one plus one, you can almost start to comprehend the, yeah. and the logic mm. of the uh, of algebra. But that's if you open yourself to that's if you open yourself to listening it. to it and or kind of. There's there's a reality in which one plus one is a prerequisite mm. to algebra. Mm. So sometimes you need a so it's like going from milk to meat, mm. going from. Uh, liquid food to solid food as the bible says that we we go through as we're growing mm. so it's a sense in which um and this is what i, I was going to say as well when i first became a christian as um peter said i gave everyone time a day like mm. you can give me any podcast any listen any read up i would i would go into their content and devour it and it was as i matured discernment started to play a part where i was starting to recognize that all right this person isn't quite on it Listen, mm. So I had gone through quite a lot of content mm. um, initially, and there's a stage of progress. Mm. Like you in kindergarten, what you do, what in nursery, what you do is different from what you do in in secondary school. But it's it's a process of actually growing up and developing that that aptitude to be able to take it in. Mm. So yeah, um, mm. it's a prerequisite. If but in maths and science and stuff, you can make absolute nonsense sound logical where you can you can slap the right equation drop a couple pies in a couple places drop like a long division sign and you're like yes it makes sense <laughs> but if you follow the the basic principles you might be able to actually go through and see that no this this doesn't add up mm. like you've multiplied numbers by zero and you still have a whole number at the end of it and not zero no this, that doesn't add up <laughs> <laughs> all right cool well, we've been talking for a while so let's go into hookups cool can I go first? Yeah. So I think I've been on a bit of a chain of giving uh, podcasters hookups. I'll carry that on today. This hookup is called um, Everything is Alive. Um, it's a it's an interview style podcast. But the kicker is it's an interview with inanimate objects. And they're talking about their existence from their point of view. Sounds like a white person podcast <laughs> what do you mean what? it sounds like a white person decided to make this podcast <laughs> to make I, thought, this. I thought it was i thought it was interesting what kind of what, what kind of objects do they so there's this one um the one the not most recent one but two i think it's like monthly i think um but two months ago the august one which is the last one i listened to was tara and tara is a bar of soap definitely white person <laughs> so tara is giving like this her conversation and i i found it very interesting how it's switching point of view and it's looking at various mundane things and like just personifying you know this bar of soap i just found it interesting especially as um you know someone who writes as well thinking about personification mm. and using that as a tool mm. i thought this was like perfect but you know to, when, to when as soon as you're describing it i was like that would be dope for poetry yeah, yeah. so yeah i was thinking the same yeah. thing yeah 
So yeah, it's not even be, just poetry about creative writing in general. It might be a white person, but I don't care. Everything <laughs> is alive. <laughs> yeah, check it out where you get your podcasts. Okay, my uh, hookup this week will it will be it's a pastor actually. His name is Stephen Cole. Um, I found him on Bible.org, and he he, he does a lot of sermons and stuff. And yeah, he's a really good pastor. Um, again, very logical, so you can see how he gets mm. to his 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 things. And mm. he's actually like a really cool guy. So like an um. I had a friend who was going through some through, through some tough times, and like she reached out to him, and like he answered her, her, her like emails and stuff. Nice. Really? Yeah. So it was, it was cool. yeah. He might be getting a flood of emails after that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So um, the, the the latest series I've been listening of his was to do about tithing and how as Christians we shouldn't tithe, and I was like, it was really interesting. He was we saying shouldn't. we shouldn't tithe. We shouldn't tithe. Yeah. Okay. And that and that <laughs> and that made logical sense. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> And the idea behind that is that, um, like, the thing with 10% is, as Christians, like, if you tithe, you're doing it because 10% is, is like the bare minimum. So it's not it's, it's not like you're giving because you love God, it's because this is what you're you're told, mm. this, this is what you have to do. So so he, he he's not saying don't give money, he's just saying give more than 10% because 10% is like... The bare minimum. Yeah. Mm. And, and then it's not really showing your appreciation for all the things God has given you because you're doing it because you feel like you have to do it as opposed to want to do it. Hey, I, might, I might need to forward this, just anonymously forward that, that message to a few pastors. <laughs> anonymously. Yeah. Okay, so like, um, I'll give the link for that that, that, that series. I think it's like four podcast series. Mm. No, four episode series. But yeah, good, yeah. yeah. Stephen Cole. Stephen Cole, yep. Sweet. I might need to vet him. <laughs> oh no, he's, he's, he's out. Um, I might, I might do a cheeky thing and drop two. Mm. Um, I, was, I had one in mind and then you dropped a pasta and I was like, ah, oh, I can't let the, the heretic of the group drop a pasta and me not. <laughs> <laughs> Try to balance it out. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, my guy is R.C. Sproul. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, R.C. Sproul. He's passed is away. He's still alive? He's passed oh, no, away. He's passed away this year. Um, but it's like, it's so dope. He's a theologian and it's like he he's he's a typical evangelical theologian where he doesn't necessarily believe in the gifts of the spirit. Mm. So when you're listening to his stuff, take it with a pinch of salt, especially if you're charismatic and you believe or Pentecostal and believe in like the gifts of the Holy Spirit and stuff, um, which I believe all of us do here. Um, are you, I thought you were looking at Robert. Dissing. Oh no no no! I was checking your levels. Oh, um, so yes. But the thing that I find phenomenal about him is that not only is he a theologian, but his son is a theologian. So R.C. Sproul Jr. is oh, a theologian as well. Nice. And for me, that's that's a good sign. Um, mm. Where, like, not only have you taught the faith, but you've been able to pass it down to your children. Sorry for the tangent, but I'm, am I the only one that finds a way when people name their children after themselves? <laughs> I want to name my child Jr. I really do. I know James ain't going to have it. <laughs> you say you wouldn't? I would Mm. I just find that weird. Like, like there's like a million names in there that you pick the one that you already have. Like your one, yeah. Do you, do you know what? Yeah, <laughs> the thing that makes it even more wavy for me is that I get to be called senior. <laughs> <laughs> there's some complexes Don't going know. on here. <laughs> some complexes. Um, yeah, so RC Sprung. Mm. Um, literally, he's got a bun- ton of stuff, teachings, preachings, bunch of stuff on YouTube. So just the name RC Sproul. Yeah. And uh there's sec- some um Amazon Kindle books as yeah, well. Yeah, like, Amazon Kindle books. Like one P or something ridiculous like and that. It, yeah. It's yeah, it, it's it's a lot. It's it's really a lot. Um 
He's got a book, Holiness of God. Oof. Oh my God. Even just the title just just whets my appetite. Holiness of God. <laughs> you mud. Makes me wet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, good times, good times, good times. And um, the second guy is Simon Sinek. So he he's he's like um is he cynical? No, <laughs> funny enough. Um, That's a bad joke. Yeah, but he does a lot of he does a lot of talks around leadership and what makes a good leader mm. and the qualities of a good leader and stuff like that and. It's not. It's very much not from a perspective of do these five things or do. It's it's more so um, character traits mm. and stuff like that. Um, and I think the character traits that he espouses are some that even if you don't consider yourself a leader, is very good to have. Um, just mindfulness of others, knowing why you do certain things, to um, galvanizing people to do what they do rather than managing the tasks that they have. Um, that they're in charge of and stuff so it, it's almost like just good skills in communal living mm. um, so yeah Simon Sinek who talks about a lot about leadership and um, R.C. Sproul who's Sweet. a theologian Sweet. cool alright so this has gone on a bit long so let's have a, a maybe a bit of a shorter conversation okay. do you guys know the guy, do, you know, do you guys know the man Chuck Wendig no Okay, so I Chuck. I say Chuck Missler. <laughs> then so, I know him very well. <laughs> so Chuck Wendig is a comic book writer. Okay. Known for his work on the Star Wars franchise of stuff. Okay. And um, was Star Wars a comic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Family, they, they, they got comics for everything. Oh wow! But was it a comic first? Wasn't it? Was oh no, no, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. Like, based, okay. Based, yeah. based on the movies, and um, I think that one of the things he's most well known for is bringing gay characters into the Star Wars comic book series. Okay. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Well, we're here to talk about that a little bit. But um, I think the other day... Representation. <laughs> the other day he was actually fired because of some of the things he was tweeting. Oh. Um, I oh. think this was coming off the back of... Another Twitter execution. Another tw- yeah. <laughs> serious. So like this was coming off the back of um, that... American. James Gunn. No, no, no. This come off... Um, so you know that Supreme Judge guy oh, yeah, Kavanaugh. Yeah. Kavanaugh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so like he got elected and then he was just like just going mad on twitter yeah and so he got fired by um marvel who are under disney obviously yeah and um I swear marvel's under disney oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Right. the fantastic four wolverine they might all be turning up in uh um the avengers things now flipping yeah, yeah it's a disney is is going like that yeah, tangent. Let's go. Yeah, so yeah, um, and it's kind of mm, I, I don't put this in this in this world we live in. Like free speech is no longer in this free world speech. We live in. Yeah, so like for, it's like free speech is no longer free speech. So like as 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 in you can't say what you want without there being repercussions. Mm. Or maybe it's like always been like that. I don't know if that. Yeah, because I don't know if that's. I don't know if that isn't the idea of spe- free speech. I don't think free speech shouldn't or that hasn't meant or didn't mean saying whatever you want to say without repercussions. It just meant you having the freedom to say. What I you was about to say, say something, yeah. That would that would have turned the whole conversation left. But I'm not gonna say. It. Yeah. So, it. I think it's a counter ideas like in uh, North Korea or South Korea, wherever Kim Jong Un is, where you can't say whatever you want. But I don't think it covers. 
yeah. the repercussions of what yeah. you're saying. Mm. It's like you've got the freedom to say whatever you want to say, yeah. but you've got the freedom to deal with the consequences exactly. as well. Yeah. <coughs> Do you feel like this freedom extends to like the church? No. Nope. No, I, f- I think I think and rightly so. I, I would add. Oh, you think that's a good thing? I, well, I don't think it's a good. Well, I think it's uh, it should be an expected thing because okay. Christ was hated for what he said. And Christ said, you know, if, if they hated me, how much more, you know, his followers. So yeah. I, I think it's an expected thing. It's not fair. It's not right. Especially as, for the most part, the church should be saying the right thing. Whether or not we are is, is, is another question. Mm-hmm. Um, so we say it's, it's okay for those guys to be standing on the street corners telling people that if they don't turn to Jesus, they're going to hell. Is that the truth? Yeah. Then. <laughs> However, I think maybe there's a better way to do it. You know, maybe there's a a better way to get the truth out there such that people are listening. It is a fool who says there's no God in this heart. <laughs> I remember church and then we had a, I remember one time we had, I don't know if I told the story yeah. before, we had a youth day kind of thing, bring a friend, so all the youth have brought their one friend to church and the uh, auntie that was preaching decided that that's the verse she's going from. <laughs> so it, it doesn't matter. These guys have come to church and you're just telling them, it is a fool. And you know when you're saying an African accent and you're emphasizing because yep. you want to show that you are bold. Mate. It is a fool. That's it. There's no and There's all these kids looking around. Like, is she calling us a fool? Like, <laughs> is that what we came here for? You know, I think maybe there's some tact to be yeah. used there. But yeah, no. Yeah. I, th- I think, no, do you know, I, I agree that the church, like free speech shouldn't be extended to this church as much as it is. Simply because the bunch of wild statements that are coming out from the, from the church. Mm. Um, but... It, and it's, it's almost a case of well then who do we censor who do we not censor blah 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 and that that then becomes like a murky or muddy situation where we're like you're not worthy enough to speak or you are worthy now go go exercise your free speech well it's not it's not necessarily free then if we're telling you you're worthy to exercise free speech mm. um but i i just feel as though there's been so much um people have spoken without thought mm. um on behalf of God and that does more damage wider than just that person mm. so if I speak on behalf of a, of a race and I don't necessarily encapsulate the racist feelings or emotions which is very nuanced and very difficult to do but if I speak on behalf of a race or population and I don't I speak what they totally are, are not saying I have just projected something on them that but then can any one person speak on behalf of a race or a religion? No. Uh, well, I, I think I think we society chooses yeah. who's speaking on behalf of, of that race or on, on behalf of, of that um, thing. So you've got some people in wherever, you know, racist people that would take something said by, I don't know, a DMX or a panda if you can hear what he's saying um and they will take that as speaking on behalf of did you say by by, by a panda <laughs> by a, a song panda. panda by who by designer <laughs> you had to think about yeah, that one his memory banks <laughs> the thing is i nearly said seamstress again <laughs> very nearly said seamstress again. but no as in like people decide who's speaking on whose behalf and so you've got again you've got the same thing with the church where you've got people who decide okay this person's speaking for the church and the also those things are also controlled by media uh, so media will choose who they want to um present as speaking for the church and it might be the wildest person you know as mo said it the might pope. be 
<laughs> yeah, literally, you know, people. I, I don't know if it's the Pope or if it's uh, the Vatican saying stuff like, "Oh, yeah, the the Bible is useful for informing decisions, but isn't totally accurate or isn't totally right. to be believed." You know, and, and you know, media will present that as them speaking on behalf of the church mm-hmm. or on behalf of God, mm-hmm. but then that's not necessarily the case. And and I, I just want to clarify as well. I'm not saying the church shouldn't say the truth. I'm saying that, and also in addition to that. As it is now, the church isn't extended that power of free speech as everyone else yeah. is. Yeah. Everyone can say whatever they want. I don't believe in God. I think Christians are idiots. They can say that. The second I go and say, well, mm-hmm. I do believe in God. And if you don't believe in God, maybe you'll go to hell. I am a homophobe. I am a xenophobe. I don't want people to flourish. Like So that, that freedom isn't extended to the yeah. church anyway. What I'm saying is that's to be expected and shouldn't stop us from saying the, the, the yeah. truth. It's like I've heard stories of homosexuals wandering into churches and just doing a whole load of madness. And not nothing happened to them. Uh, nothing's supposed to. You're not supposed to touch them. I'll but knock you when out. it's when it's a flip, <laughs> <laughs> when it's a flip side, mud fam. How are you almost losing your company for standing behind your beliefs because someone wanted you to print a cake that said something that you don't believe in and you stand against, it and then they were, luckily. We, you know, they got the, yeah. they got the, but how many yeah. years has that been in court? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, what, what, I, what I do want to say is that, um, as, as Robert, um, one person cannot rightly speak on behalf of a population or a mass. Um, the people almost need their own voice to speak. And I don't agree in organized religion in that regard, especially in like the Catholic side where there is this one person that, is like the image of God on earth. Apparently. Get yeah, out of here. That's what he is. He's the representation of God. You know like that, fam? Yeah. I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> so, <laughs> basically, <laughs> it's a case of, I don't I don't agree with that. Because um, God has a personal relationship with the body. Like, he interacts with the body. And the body is able to, uh, to like, communicate. So, yeah, I, <clears throat> I, I was saying the same way that a, a brand or a company is very precious around its brand and anyone that speaks on behalf of that company is prepped. It's like you go to a meeting, you might sit with the CEO or whatever, they take time to actually give you the information that you need. Mm. So should it be of the church where anyone who is looking to take a stand for the church on a public front should be discipled, should be taken through scripture, should be like counseled and stuff. Because you, you might, you all get thrown curveballs and stuff that you might not necessarily like see coming Mm. but to be able to stand on scripture and stand on some sort of solid ground to be able to do so i don't necessarily think that we're equipping the body to interact with wider life other than just sing these songs tithe your money put me on a pedestal i'll go out and do whatever you want to do i'm not sure if that answers the question it will do yeah um who do you guys go to to vet your words if you if if you do? I think well, speaking of myself, I think each other. Mm. Like I remember whenever I no not whenever because I didn't speak that often. But I remember I'd send maybe I'd send something to you guys or I'd send it to um, Io and stuff like that just to get some feedback, get a different set of eyes on whatever you're thinking. Um, just because maybe you might not think of mm. every aspect of things. So I, I do think, it, well, for me, it's been each other. Um, but also, sometimes I'll measure it against what I've studied from mm. good teachers. Like, for me, like Chuck Missler, Ravi Zacharias, them guys. Like, if I'm speaking on a topic and they've spoken on something before, 
I'll measure what I'm trying to say against what they're saying and see if it's if it lines up. You know, um, I think people that have gone ahead of me or people that are have birthed more fruit on, mm. and by their fruit you can tell okay these guys are more advanced in what I'm trying to do I try and learn from them uh, and measure what I'm trying to do against what they're doing mm. yeah. so that for me that's, that's that's been the case yeah I think um, for me especially if I'm speaking from a Christian context um, what I do is I spend a lot of time in prayer before I actually go and speak so whenever I'm sharing a message my prep is literally just reading the reading the text and praying and just ask inquiring like what will you have me speak about and waiting to discern what god is putting on my heart um so that's fundamentally the way i vet is is through prayer but then i also bounce it around um commentaries um you guys um jamelia i bounce it around just to kind of see what people are saying i do tend to like to not give people the fullness of what I'm about to say until I say it. Fundamentally, because I don't tend to write notes. Um, because I've prayed so much, I almost open myself up to hear what God is saying in that moment and to speak it. And that's why I feel as though having had these conversations, having studied the word, having taken in sound teachings, all plays a part in the in what I then say because all of that almost becomes a, f a foundation for uh, my understanding and my knowledge and my interaction with God. So whenever I am speaking, it's coming from a place of all that God has deposited within me through life, through teachings and through other people. Um, so vetting doesn't always happen right before I speak, but I see life as a process of vetting for me where currently you guys are challenging me. So we, I've said stuff today when you guys have challenged me. That for me is vetting where you guys have vetted me in life and that then shapes how I move forward. And so when I speak, it's coming from that position of I have been shaped, I've been challenged by this um, consistently through life. So I don't always tend to go through, all right, here's my notes, go through it. Um, but everything that I have encountered shapes what I then do. And it is very conscious the way I do it as well. How about yourself? With your multiple sermons, who's checking that you're not? spitting heresy um oh you guys like oh, I, I don't think I've given you a sermon but I like bounce an idea mm. of the sermon mm -hmm. and I've, and also just like having spent so many years with you guys I has it been so many years to make it sound like we're old <laughs> it's been a lot of years so like maybe two years yeah huh? three how long have, have we known each other yeah uni which is which is like ten years okay, ago. Yeah, that was so long ago. It wasn't ten years. It wasn't ten years. It was like six. Maybe. It was almost ten years ago. Six. Which which is which is basically ten years. If if, if nah, bro. Six. If you're around it, nah. If you're around it, what, what time did you graduate? Round it down. What time no, you did you graduate? Yeah, no, no. Go back your best. Made that argument. No, no. Try and satisfy him before he points it out. <laughs> yeah, but like. um Having known you guys for so long, I can almost guess where you would like points I'd make that that you would scrutinize <laughs> if you gave it to me. So I'm gonna change me. <laughs> <laughs> Them preemptive vets. Yeah. Just like I know this guy will say this about that. Mm. Yeah. And then and then I've got my um my, my pastors, so if if I've got a question I can go to them. You know the internet is a good resource if you know how to use it properly. 
responsibly. Um, yeah, and I think giving myself time as well, giving myself time to if if, if God wants to maybe change an idea that I have. Mm. So yeah, so I like to give myself a bit of a buffer space. Mm. And yeah, I think that's everything for me. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Hmm. All right, can we round up? Because I need to go to the toilet. Sure, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> the sure. listeners really needed to hear that. Yeah, they did. This this is an open forum. <sighs> open. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Root for the intro and outro music. Calvin Turner for the ordinary amazing logo. You can find us at twitter.com forward slash Blacksmith's Furnace. Email address tbsfurnace at hotmail.com. On all good podcasts, on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash the Blacksmith's Furnace, no apostrophe. On all good podcast websites, um, the Blacksmith's Furnace with an apostrophe. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you guys for listening in. You guys are amazing. Don't know. Oh, I got cramp in my foot. Anyway, watching this. This is the Blacksmith's Furnace signing out. Blow. Hadouken. <laughs>